Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always we're working hard to improve our financial IQ, improve our financial literacy uh, based on the fact that high school and college are not there to teach you how to build wealth. They're just there to teach you how to get a job. And a job just isn't enough anymore. Um, You really need a second stream of income. Warren Buffett has said that for 40, 50 years. Um, Never rely on a sole source of income. Always invest to create a second. So he wasn't talking about stocks, mutual funds, gold, silver, crypto, because they don't produce cash flow. He's talking about income producing assets like real estate. And nine out of 10 millionaires used real estate to build their second stream of income. So I got a magazine article request here for information for from our PR firm. And I want to answer these two questions for you It has to do with teaching your children about wealth because Stephen Covey brings up this point that as soon as you learn something you should teach it to somebody else and what that does is it increases your retention dramatically in the hundreds of percent by the way when you take the responsibility to listen to this show read watch videos on YouTube on building wealth Um, you need to teach it to your kids it will help you master the material more quickly and also help your children but the first question is what lessons should parents focus on I think the number one lesson requires a dramatically high level of self-confidence you gotta get control of your ego and it requires a huge amount of honesty what you've got to do is look your children in the eye and go son daughter what I'm doing isn't working I'm 45 I'm 50 I'm not in the financial position I want to be in I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did Now that requires a big control of your ego, but the love for your children should destroy your ego, and you should be able to do it. But you need to admit it. If you're not in the financial position you want to be in, and you followed the path that we're all given, work hard in high school, go to college, get a job, climb the corporate ladder scrimp and save in a IRA 401k and it hasn't worked for you you owe it to your kids to tell them if you pass on a map that didn't work for you and tell your kids it'll work for them that's pretty bad <laughs> um, 
It's really bad. See, this is one thing that's irritated me is this number, you know, 9 out of 10 Americans fail to successfully retire by age 65 is nothing new. It's been going on for generation after generation after generation after generation. Why hasn't it stopped? Why hasn't one generation been able to admit it and tell their children, wait a second, holy Toledo, that map doesn't work, doesn't work, you got to do something different. But nobody told me. I had to figure it out myself. I'm just lucky my company came in and cut my pay and woke me up. But, man, if they hadn't cut my pay, I'd probably still be working 70 hours a week. At a, you know, no job is fun 70 hours a week. Um, so, again, what lessons should you focus on? I think the negative lessons first. Let them know that the map that they've been given doesn't work, that they've got to do something different. And that difference is building a second stream of income. I tell this story all the time. I know I'm bragging. But I told my son at age eight, you know, you got to have a second stream of income. And I gave him a copy of The Richest Man in Babylon by George Classen, which is an easy read for a young person because it's all parables. But when they read that book, they learn the rules of gold, the rules of money. It's phenomenal. Then when he turned 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I told him, got to have a second stream of income, 15, 16, 17, 18. Hey, son, you're headed to college. Don't forget about that second stream of income. As a result, by the time he graduated college, he had $4,000 a month in second stream of income from his 11 rent houses. And people will hide behind this. They'll go, oh, your son must be brilliant. He must be super hard working. He is. So are you. Doggone it, so are you. It's not the brilliance. It's not the hard work. It's he had the right map. He just had a different map. I'm telling you, every one of you right now, every single one of you, if you had been told from age eight that you were supposed to have a second stream of income, you know what you'd have right now? A second stream of income. You were just never told. And it's because the rich teach their kids differently than the poor and middle class. That's the only difference. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can change your life. Once you hit the negative points and you teach them the lesson, look, man, I worked 40, 50 hours a week for 20 plus years. I'm not in the financial position I want to be in. This, this map doesn't work. Then you can go into the 
positive side of it and go look Warren Buffett a billionaire told us all to start building second streams of income and be hard on yourself go I didn't follow his advice maybe you never heard it say that but then say son or daughter you know what we're gonna start doing we're gonna start working on building a second stream of income and you're gonna do it alongside me so that you learn it as well so that you learn it as well and this all comes down to leadership is by example see if you say to your kid I, I want you to do better than me do you realize that's a cop-out you're weak because what you're saying subliminally is it's too late for me I'm not even gonna try that's what you're saying you may not think you're saying that but that's what you're saying I want you to do better than me because it's too late for me that is weak it's a cop-out you got to stay in the game you got to lead by example you got to push yourself to be successful financially if you're going to teach your kids how to be successful financially you can't teach your kids to do something you haven't done all right we'll talk more after the break here on the total wealth academy radio show thanks for listening put money in the bank or pay your insurance premium they take that money and go buy real estate with it why because it gives the highest rate of return and is the lowest risk this is called passive investing due to some recent changes in the laws you can now invest the exact same way total wealth academy can show you how visit totalwealthacademy.com and attend our free sample class on real estate investing that's totalwealthacademy.com thank you Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show where we're talking about and answering the question, what lessons should parents focus on? And the first point is to be brutally honest with your children. If you're not in the financial position you want to be in after working 20, 25, 30 years, you've got to tell them it is wrong to set them on the same path as you took when you know it doesn't work then you've got to lead by example don't cop out and go oh I want you to do better than me which by default is saying you've given up and you're not gonna try but you want them to hey son I encourage you to try but I'm not gonna doesn't work leadership is by example they see what you do they can't hear what you say so lead by example get yourself financially educated I mean it's why our $500 membership includes husband, wife, and children 18 and under so that the whole family can build wealth together. So the next part of the question, or the next question in the interview was, what are some good ways to teach them about budgeting, paying bills, and building credit to position them to eventually invest in real estate? Um, 
This one is also a leadership point. You've got to do it with them. The one big mistake that I made was I didn't teach them bud my kids budgeting or how to build credit. They, I, I kind of forced them to learn that on their own. But I really should have done it with them. Let them see how I was doing it. The challenge for me was that I don't do a lot of budgeting. Um, but I do pay bills and I worked on my credit. I don't do a lot of budgeting because I focus on all of my, I focus 99% of my efforts on making more money, not on saving. Now bear with me when I make this statement. I don't believe in saving. See, now let that sink in. What I mean by that is not that I don't believe in putting money aside for investing. I'm talking about all the little BS stuff that you read article after article after article on how to cut expenses, how to cut coupons, how to reduce your utility bill, how the none of that works. It's a waste of your freaking time. Put the coupons down and go read a book on how to make more money. Listen, you don't have an expense problem. You don't have a tax problem. You have an income problem. You don't make enough money. And you should be spending your time on how to make more money not trying to find ways to save money that you don't earn. Remember, the average income for a four-person family in the U.S. is 75 grand a year. The average expenses for a four-person family is 80 plus grand a year. Do you see the disconnect there? How are you going to save when your bills are higher than your... No, you need to focus on buying income-producing assets to make more money and you've got to teach your kids that as well they need to be focusing on making more money now I'm not saying not to have a budget it's just don't spend massive amounts of time on it you know I can write a budget for a family in 30 minutes they need to review it once a month when they're paying their bills and then get back to making more money getting that second stream of income. So again, the answer to this is the same as number one. You gotta lead by example. Let them see you do your budget. Let them see you paying the bills. Let them write the checks and you sign them. When it comes to building credit, I know that some of you are gonna lose your mind when I say this. Get them a credit card. One of those little credit cards where they put 500 in the bank and they get a $500 credit card. <laughs> and get their credit up. Make them understand it. Make them understand that the term credit report is short for credibility report. Do you keep your promises? Do you pay your bills? If someone loans you money, a credit card, do you pay them back? 
Do you keep your promise? Are you credible? Once they understand that it's not a credit report, it's a credibility report, they'll start to take pride in it. Not overspending. Making sure or ensuring that they can make the payments. But both of my kids handled that part of it very, very well. Um, both of them have perfect credit. Both of them have perfect budgets. Um, but I, again, I let them kind of learn that on their own. Because to me, that is so simple. The big thing that I focused on was getting them focused on building a second stream of income. Simply put, making more money. Now, do I think they're going to publish my points of view? Not convinced. Um, it was a very good interview, and the reporter was cordial, even said, wow, you know, I think I'm going to come take your course. But he's got to go through his editor before he can get it published. And that editor may not like what I have to say, because I've done a lot of these and only about 33, 40 percent, 30 to 40% of them get published. It's pretty interesting. And I'm, and you know me, I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. So it's funny how the Wall Street Journal will pick it up, Go Banking Rates will pick it up, but not the Wall Street Journal, not um, Forbes, Time, Newsweek. It's interesting. At least to me. <laughs> okay. Now, let's get into some material that I wanted to cover because we're seeing a lot more activity single family wise, probably twice as much as we saw just a couple of months ago. Am I predicting it's going to turn around and all of a sudden there's going to be deals everywhere? No. I'm just saying anecdotally, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot more single family. So what I wanted to do was go over how to leverage your time so that you find deals on a consistent, regular basis. And again, this is single family. What I do right now while I'm chatting with you, I'm 40 people, really more than that, looking for real estate deals. While I'm chatting with you right now, I'm 40 people looking for real estate deals. I have 20 real estate agents and 20 wholesalers that look for deals for me all the time. That's all they do. And my payroll for those people is, guess what? Zero. They only get paid when they find me a deal. So this isn't something that you have to start payroll or anything like that. But it is an example of what I say all the time. Excuse me. I'm not a self-made millionaire by any stretch of the imagination. Before I reached millionaire status, I had over a hundred people on my team. Over a hundred. Uh, Twenty agents, twenty wholesalers, CPAs, attorneys, mortgage companies, contractors, general contractors, roofers, plumbers, 
um, and probably about 40 mentors on my team before, again, I ever reached millionaire status. Life, and especially business, they are team sports. But the good news is this. Steve Jobs said this, but I and I have to follow suit because I, I, I've had the same experience he had. Steve Jobs said that he had never asked for help that he didn't get it. Never. And when he said it, it was right before he passed, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, that's, that's not true for me. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized he's right. Those of you out there with this fear, and that's what this is, if you've ever said the phrase, it's me, myself, and I, that's based on a fear that you're out there by yourself and no one will help you. You are wrong. And I'll explain why when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis, and I offered kind of a challenge at the end of the last segment to say, hey, look, if you think you're out there on your own, that's because of your attitude. Maybe you don't want to help other people, so you think other people don't want to help you. You're dead wrong. You're doing a thing called self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I'm not going to go deep into that, but I, like Steve Jobs, I'm going on 60, I have never asked for help that I didn't get it. Never. People are willing to help. Now, they're not going to help you if you're not helping yourself. So, be cautious of that. Um I've never asked for help that I didn't get it. Now, I always brought value to the person I was asking for help from, such as how did I get 40 people to help me find deals? One of the ways I did it is I never questioned their fees. I wanted them to get paid. There's all kinds of people who try to rip off realtors rip off wholesalers, get them to discount their fees and all this crap. That's more of that saving money crap. doesn't work. It's a waste of your freaking time and their time. No, I made sure my wholesalers got paid. I made sure my agents got all 6% of the commission, not just 3%, all 6%. I'll show you how to do that in a minute so that they would always call me first. So, 
Now, now that you understand life's a team sport, let's talk about leverage. These people, what we do is we leverage each other. I'm leveraged for them, they're leveraged for me. The leverage is I'm able to do my radio show and still find real estate deals. They're able to find real estate deals and sell them instantly. We leverage each other, allowing me to do more deals and them to do more deals as well. But before I go into dealing with agents and wholesalers, I have to tell you something. It's going to shock you at first, but bear with me. Let me finish the whole statement. I hate real estate agents and I hate wholesalers. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. And then realize that I love real estate agents and I love wholesalers. So, and I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. It's because of the Pareto principle. If you're not familiar with this, if you look at your life, 20% of what you do gives you 80% of your results. 20% of what you do gives you 80% of your results. 80% of what you do is a complete waste of time. It's useless. The same holds true with human beings. Same holds true with the people you deal with. 80% of the real estate deals that you do will come from the top 20% of your agents and wholesalers. So, when I say I've got 40, does it make sense when I say I've really only got 8? Because the only the top 20% of those 40 are going to find deals for me. But think about why I went ahead and lined up 40. Because I don't know which of the 40 people the 8 winners are until I start doing deals with them year after year, decade after decade. So, I'm going to share with you a few concepts for how to get to the top 20% of the agents, to get to the top 20% of the wholesalers, so that you can weed off, I'll say it's the positive, glean off the top people. But a warning, if you don't do what I'm about to tell you to do, you're going to fail as a single family investor. You're going to fail. The technique that fails is having one real estate agent, and that's it. All they're going to do is patrol MLS, which you can do yourself. You don't even need them. And they might find you two deals, three deals a year. That's not going to make you rich in a short period. Now, over a 20-year period, that's going to make you stinking rich. But I wanted to go faster than that. I didn't want to be rich at 55, 60, 70. I wanted to be rich now at 27, 30, and so on. So what I did is I understood from having been in sales that it's a numbers game and nothing more. 
Here are the steps to finding profitable deals on a regular reoccurring basis. First, get a pre-approval letter from a mortgage company. We have seven different mortgage companies that deal with nobody but investors. So do not go to Wells Fargo, do not go to a major bank. You've got to be doing it with professional investor lenders like we have at Total Wealth Academy. So you get your pre-approval letter and be aware, not a pre-qualification letter. Those are useless. It's got to be a true pre-approval letter. Then you want to line up 20 agents. You want to line up 20 wholesalers and on occasion drive for dollars. And we'll touch on each of those three points as we go through. First, if you're a member of Total Wealth Academy, simply go to Total Wealth Academy log in and go into the vendors area. There's a special section there for the mortgage companies. You'll find seven of them there. And what you want to do is get quotes from three different lenders. Quotes. Don't let them pull your credit. Once you have the best deal, each of them may have a different interest rate, they may have different terms, once you find the deal that you're most comfortable with, only let that mortgage company run your credit and they'll get you your pre-approval letter. A thing to keep with your pre-approval letter is proof of funds. This would simply be a bank statement showing thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in it to prove that you have the money for the down payments and so on. Then, after you got your pre-approval letter, you got your proof of funds, that's when you want to start lining up 20 real estate agents that know you by name and know what you're looking for. You want them to call you first when they find a deal. Why do I need more than one agent? As I mentioned, if you only have one agent, you're going to find two or three deals a year. If you have 40 and eight of them are good, you're going to find 10, 15, 20 deals a year. You say, well, I can't afford to do that many wholesale them. There's ways to make money with any deal, no matter what your financial position. The other reason I don't want a single agent working for me is because they're just going to patrol MLS, like I mentioned. I can do that myself at HAR.com. I don't need that. See, what I'm looking for are real listing agents agents that actually go out and find property for sale. See there's a thing out there called a selling agent and all they do is find buyers. Well I'm a buyer. I don't need to find a buyer. I need to find deals. So I only want to deal with a true listing agent. Someone who goes out, hustles, sits down with a family, convinces them to let them let them sell their real estate and pay them 6% commission. And then what they do is as soon, well, I'm going to save that. Pay attention to the next few points. Here's one of the most confusing things in real estate. What is the difference between a listing and a selling agent? Because sometimes the listing agent is the selling agent. And that's actually your goal. So when is the listing agent not the selling agent? Well, 
Let me walk you through it. The Smiths decide to sell their home. They find Cindy. Cindy signs a listing agreement with them to sell their home. Because she signs the listing agreement, she's the listing agent. But in this case, she's not going to find the buyer. Another agent is. His name is Mike. Mike finds a buyer for Cindy's listing. And what they do, they put the Morgans, the buyers, together with the Smiths, the sellers, and they split the commission 50-50. 3% goes to Cindy and 3% goes to Mike. That's not what you want. You want all the commission to go to Cindy. So let's look at the deal from a different point of view. Same seller, the Smiths. Same agent, Cindy. Only this time, as soon as Cindy signs the listing agreement, she's going to call you. When you buy that property, you're the buyer. She becomes not only the listing agent, but also the selling agent and she gets all 6% of the commission. Question. Anytime she finds a good deal, who's she going to call first? You. We'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. We're in the final segment, so I'm going to speed up a little bit to make sure I get this material out. But be aware, if I go too fast and you miss something and you want me to repeat it, fire me an email and I'll uh, email you back whatever you missed. Uh, Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com. Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com. Dot com, and be aware that's not sent to a robot. It actually comes directly to me, and I usually reply within just a few minutes as a rule. As weird as it sounds, I love email. I love being able to, you know, as corny as it sounds, change somebody's life where they're afraid to do a deal. They ask me what they think is a dumb question, and they're afraid of what they're afraid of, and then I can share with them the strategy to get past it, and then they go do the, do the deal. That's really fun. So we've just figured out how to get real estate agents paid twice as much to sell to us as anybody else. So that puts you at the top of their list, and that's why you're going to have a very consistent deal flow. But you cannot do it with one, two, three, four agents. You really got to line up 20, and that'll give you four good ones. Remember, 20% of your deals, I'm sorry, 80% of your deals will come from the 
top 20% of your Realtors. So let's see. So make sure, oh, I know what. There's a book out there, a very popular book on wholesaling. And it tells you, look, wait till the day before closing. Call your agent and say, oh, I don't have enough for the down payment. Can you come off your commissions 2000 Now, will the agent do it? Probably. It's the day before closing. They don't want to lose the, the $8,000 they are going to make. But will that agent ever call you again? No. You shot yourself in the foot to steal $2,000 from an agent. Do not do that. Get your agents paid. A good agent is worth more than 6%. The crap they put up with from sellers, the crap they put up with from buyers, the paperwork, the legal, the insurances they have to carry, they work their butts off to pull a deal. I hate when people go, all she did was show it one Saturday and she sold my house. She did so much more than that, you'll never know. Agents are worth their weight in gold if they're in the top 20%. So make sure your agent gets paid so that they call you first and don't ever try to steal your agent's commission. How do you find a list of agents to call? I mentioned it. If you're in the greater Houston area, har.com is a great source. Another great source is Drive the Neighborhoods, writing down the for sale signs that's the listing agent 90% of the time probably more than that and you can even grab the yellow pages which many of you think don't exist anymore but they do I almost tripped over one uh, coming up on my front porch I thought they didn't make them anymore but they still do but har.com is a great place to find them my second favorite is to target a neighborhood drive every street in the neighborhood and write down every agent's name that's got a house for sale in that neighborhood because they're going to have mastered that neighborhood know what they're doing and be able to find you deals oh let me go to the next delete that here's the script um, just be careful you don't pretend you're something you're not be humble and kind remember who you are speak so loudly I can't hear what you're saying so again, don't pretend you're something you're not. Don't act like you got more money than you do, more credit than you do, more ability than you do. Be humble. They'll they'll open up to you. So stage one of this script is getting to yes. Stage two is getting beyond yes, and stage three is building credibility. The getting the yes, it's very simple. You want to state who you are, what your goal is, and ask, do they work with investors? Here's an example. I call up and even though I've done hundreds of deals, I never tell them that. I just call up and say, hey, my name is Steve Davis, and I own some rental properties in the greater Houston area, and I'm looking to add to my portfolio. There's who I am and what my goal is. I wanted to find out if you ever work with investors, if you ever find distressed property, if this is somebody, if you're somebody that I can work with, and then shut up. And what an agent will do, as a rule, because most humans do this, they'll get diarrhea of the mouth. And they will just start telling you 
everything about what they do, what neighborhoods they work in, what their credibility is, what their past experience is, and things like that. And you need to shut up and listen. Listen to their story. In that story, yes, a lot of it will be hype. But you'll be able to start to pick off the good agents. One, they generally don't brag too much. They're more confident. And two, they, I don't know, it's people I like. I don't know if that sounds weird. But I don't like to deal with anybody I don't like. <laughs> That's probably the dumbest thing anybody ever said. Um, but I don't. I, I will not deal with somebody who's short with me, who talks down to me, or is disrespectful. It's a, there's just there's 50,000, 100,000 agents in Greater Houston. You don't have to put up with Jack because there's another one standing right behind that one. But make sure that they agree that they do, can, and will work with investors. Some of them don't want to. Um, then the fourth question, after they finish their little, after they answer the question, do they work with investors, then you ask, do they actually go out and get new listings? Are they a true listing agent? Now, what's going to happen? They're going to respond and say, well, yeah, all agents are listing agents. Certainly, all agents have the capability of listing a deal. But do you, how many listings do you have right now? If they say none, wrong person. If they say four or five or more, you got the right person. You want somebody who really gets out there bust their butt and finds deals, a true listing agent. Remember, by dealing with the listing agent, if they sell it to you, they get both sides of the commission, all 6%. So at this point, I usually bring that up and I'll say, yeah, I only want to deal with listing agents because as the buyer, I know that you'll get all 6% of the commission and that's my goal. All right. Next, let them know you're interested in divorce, job loss, death, moving, but the big one is deferred maintenance. You're looking for properties, have a little hair on it, needs new paint, needs new carpet, holes in the wall, broken windows, maybe the AC is missing, you know, things like that. Deferred maintenance. Step two, stage two, I should say, getting beyond yes, in other words, you've gotten Positive answers to those first five, four questions, sorry. Restate you want their personal listings only. Get them your pre-approval letter and your proof of funds. And you're ready to move on to building credibility, which is stage three. Again, first thing on credibility, be yourself. Who you are, speak so loudly, they don't hear what you say. Call each agent once you've lined up 20. Call them once a month. Email them at least once a month as well. Stay in their face because you will make this phone call one time. You're going to call one of your agents and you're going to hear this. Oh, forgot about you and just sold the house you would have loved. They forgot about you. That's why you got to be in their face at least twice a month. I'm not even objected to emailing them twice 
emailing them twice and calling them once and getting out there three times. But don't go much more than that. Then it's going to be like spam. Then every single time you do a deal, call the other 19 agents and tell them about the deal you just did and email them the closing statement so they know you're telling the truth. Do you see the credibility in that? Every time you do a deal, email the other 19 the deal that you did so that they know you're for real. And what will happen is over time, after you do two or three of them, the ones who really didn't believe you, didn't know if you were credible, didn't know if you were real, they now know you're real, and you'll start finding more deals because they'll be going, shoot, I goofed that up. I should have found this guy a deal or gal a deal. And they'll start calling you more often. And that's really the script for working with the agents. And that's all we've got time for today. Um, tomorrow, I've got a guest for the second segment and third segment. I'll try to touch on dealing with wholesalers at the end of tomorrow's show if I have time. Um, again, if I went too fast, if you have a question about dealing with real estate agents, or maybe you're afraid of dealing with real estate agents, let me know. Email me. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.